I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Hockey season is back. Yay! And going around my clock here, I have Maddie, I have Gordy, I have Michael. We're, we're attempting video today. So if you're listening to this and you're only seeing only seeing audio, see, I knew it was going to take me like 10 seconds before I butcher this podcast. If you're not seeing us, we tried. We'll try harder next week. How's everybody doing today? Lovely. So this good to see your than... smiling faces. <laughs> Gordy, what's up? Sorry, this has gone better than most uh, university Zoom classes, so it's off to a good start so far. <laughs> Fantastic. Michael, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. Just uh, crashing out this morning. It's lovely. Awesome. So, Calgary had an off-season-ish where they brought in some players, using air quotes there. Um Gordy, let's talk. What do you? What did you think of Calgary's offseason and uh, who they brought in and or who they didn't bring in? Well, for me, there's so far. I mean, we haven't started the season yet, so you know, probably shouldn't go full flames mode and start burning <laughs> the team down before they've played. But through preseason, I think the two guys that have for sure stood out are Blake Coleman. He looks like, you know, we all knew what Blake Coleman's going to be. It's, it's always his contract that's going to, kind of be a detriment to him, but he's going to be a hard worker in the top six. Andrew Manjapani style, I think. The Flames are going to like him. And I think so far Dan Vladar has looked really good as a backup. I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but he seems like a really poised kid. And I think whenever Sutter calls on him, I think we'll we'll get to see some pretty good goaltending from both goalies this year. Everybody else, I'll, I won't give too many opinions because I think Michael's got some pretty good on – the defense especially but uh the rest of the moves not not so not so hot on those maddie maddie your opinion on uh what calgary did this offseason yawn (laughs) there you go (laughs) that should be instead of like go flames go or flame on or whatever it should be like hashtag yawn is that where you're going with that should be calgary's like (laughs) season motto awesome that's all just a big 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 fat yawn out of that one for I mean, I could get really spicy with, I was very much hoping they would somehow land Eichel, but okay. no there. Have so. at it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just... you're going to talk a little bit about Good Branson and maybe uh, Zadorov, maybe? Are those a couple I, people on your mind? I'm just trying to repress them out of my mind at this point. Like it's It's been a bit too much for me to deal with this offseason, just... The fact that they had so many options, especially once they got Geo's almost seven mil off the books, and then they they had at least some flexibility to do something. Like I like Coleman, but once you got past him, like using five point five mil or whatever it was on Zadorf and Good Branson when like Shillington and Mackey have looked as good, if not better, than both of them easily, like it just seems like they pain themselves into a corner like for no real reason. Like kind of like Eichel would have been great, I agree, but at this point, I think I, I just hope that at least one of these five or six 
800K guys can do something this season because it seems like maybe you'll get lucky with one of them, but when you have five of them, it's probably not going to be ideal going into a season where you're supposed to at least contend or make the playoffs at the very least. And we did the Flames um, previewing the defense today, and or defense, we'll, we'll do both. Uh, 92% of the people say the Flames' defense is not better this year. Um, and if you look at it, we broke it down in there. You got rid of your longtime captain, a solid defender up to the most part up until about the last year, and you replaced with nothing, like just spare parts. Um, and I think we've seen in the preseason um, what Zadorov and Goodbranson are good for. Goodbranson has turned the puck over a few times, leading to goals. Zadorov takes really dumb penalties, uh, like almost back-to-back shifts while he's out there. Are we going to get tired at some point? Anybody can jump in on this one, by the way, of hearing about Sutter guys this season. Is that going to get old real fast? Because Sutter guys don't seem to be the um, most fleet of foot and or smart on the ice. Uh, somebody want to? We're going to get tired of that. Anybody? Maddie, you were. I'm already tired of it, to be honest. (laughs) Michael's like slowly infecting Maddie before the season even starts. Actually, Michael and I had that talk the other day. We're like, the season's going to suck. It hasn't even started yet. We haven't done a podcast yet. We're already quitting. Uh, Gordy, (laughs) you going to get tired of Sutter guys quicker than or sooner than later? Well, it kind of feels like a backhanded compliment because none of the guys who get slapped at that label are. You know, it's the good brands and it's the Richies. And yeah, I'm I'm already tired of it. I don't think it's a compliment in the first place, quite honestly. <laughs> no, I don't either. It's like, like, oh, he's a Sutter guy. Oh, he makes $800,000 and he plays, you know, 11 <laughs> minutes a night. Perfect. We need 12 of those guys. All right, let's move on from the depressing offseason talk and let's jump right into the season talk, which will probably be just as exciting. Uh, the Flames this year, thoughts on uh, the start of the season, Michael? Uh, are the Flames better as a whole with, you know, I mean, I know the offseason moves in. Eh, backup goaltending might be better from what we've seen. But, you know, now that they're back in the Pacific, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, maybe. No. I would say, yeah, like I'm I'm willing to at least give this group a couple of months. Like I know we were just talking about like the Sutter guys and that it's probably not going to be good. I don't know. I think at the very least, like they showed at least with some of their advanced numbers after Sutter came in last year that they were better even though it didn't always lead to results so i'm willing to give them a couple of months and kind of see where where it ends up but i don't know going into the season it's just it's one of those things where it's like the flames start pretty average every season no matter if they're a good team or a bad team so i think we'll really have to wait till like december to really get a grasp of how good the season actually might be or how bad it might be but overall it's just a whole bunch of meh just like everything this franchise has done for 30 years so Another year, here we go. <laughs> Maddie, uh, your thoughts on uh, the, the season coming up. Um, Calgary, you know, are they are they going to rise to near top of Pacific or are they going to float kind of in the middle? Um, I mean, for starters, I, I mean, I don't think that they're much better than they were last season, but they're going to get a boost almost certainly from being in the Pacific that is just looking absolutely brutal. So, um. I, I would feel relatively confident saying that they at least get back into the playoffs this year, but like that's just because the entire state of California is a disaster. <laughs> and then there's the hockey. Uh, Gordy, uh, your thoughts on the upcoming season? Well, after the inevitable 0-1 start, I think, you know, this year, <laughs> this year is going to be kind of, it's kind of a year where they know it's going to happen. If they suck, Goudreau's going to walk. 
they're going to be in the running for Shane Wright and it's, it'll probably be the start of a rebuild. And if they're, yeah, if they kind of scrape into the playoffs, mushy middle, keep Gaudreau at the deadline kind of thing. And, you know, we're worrying about what they're going to do with them come the off season. That's probably the worst case scenario would probably be a middle of the pack thing. But like Michael said, the flames, somewhat improved under Sutter as time went on under his styles and this the final preseason game they played with a fairly NHL roster they looked quite competent it looked like a pretty good game against a somewhat good Jets team so we'll see it's kind of hard to gauge all the excuses are out the window though like the the COVID play the no fans this there's no more excuses Kachuk isn't held back by potentially captain he doesn't agree with you know it's, it's, I think it's kind of their official last running, as we've been saying for three or four years now. As we look through the, you know, the Flames, you look at what they, they lost offensively. They lost Derek Ryan. They traded Sam Bennett. They lost Josh Levo. They lost Joachim Nordstrom. Not, uh, not exactly a murderer's row of offense. But on the other end, they added Tyler Pitlick, Trevor Lewis, Blake Coleman, and Brad Richardson. Not exactly a murderer's row of offense either. Defense, we went over. Um, and I think we all think Coleman's going to be pretty good. You know, he'll hopefully be a decent addition to this team. But for the first time in a long time, it seems like the one position that I think is really solid and not worrisome coming into the season is goaltending with Jacob Markstrom. Um, I, I did the goalie preview. It's coming up tomorrow. Would anybody be surprised if he played between say 60 and 70 games this season, maybe upwards of 65 to 70. Cause I think he's going to have to, because Vladar doesn't exactly have any of that. He doesn't have that NHL pedigree. Does he, anybody want to hop in? I hope I think- he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, cause we've seen how badly things can go when he gets tired and goes off the rails. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen, but God, I'm hoping it doesn't. Gordy, you were going to say something. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think, no matter who the Flames have it back up, I think, you know, getting Markstrom out of the net away from Sutter at any point is going to be a struggle. He's, that's just his style is to ride his goalie and kind of chalks up whenever he's not playing that goalie is a loss. You know, he's not a big backup goalie guy, but I think personally, I'm a Vladar fan. I think if he gets his chances this year, there's only one way to build NHL pedigree and that's to play. And I think he'll get his shot this year. Michael, what are your thoughts? You know, Sutter, his first Sutter with his first full year with um, Kiprasov, which was 05, 06. Kipper started 72 of the 82 games that year. Um, you know, and obviously he was a machine in 03, 04. Do you kind of see it going that way this season for uh, Markstrom as well? Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see it off the hawk, but like Maddie was saying, Markstrom, at least in his past, he kind of had this history where once he gets tired and overplayed, he starts to make some questionable decisions and like, when he got hurt last year after making those few weird plays with the puck against Vancouver where he got ran over, like a bunch of Canucks fans came up, basically said like, yeah, that was a sign in Vancouver too that he'd been overplayed was when he was tired, he would start making those decisions, he'd get hurt, and he's missed quite a few games pretty much every year in his career. So as much as Sutter wants to ride Markstrom, I think he needs to be smart about it. I think Vladar is more than capable to play. 20-25 games if not more if he has to but like Gordy said we need to see what also he can do at the NHL level because if he's suddenly the next guy in line it's um it's important to see what he can do and I think the Flames have to be willing to go down that path if something happens to Markstrom 
Yeah, and God forbid something does happen to him because outside of Vladar, there isn't a really NHL. If I mean, we're being very like, I got nothing against Vladar. I think he had an awesome preseason, and it's nice to see him as a backup. But they don't have a real NHL ready goalie behind him, even. Um, Warner's not ready. Wolf's not ready. None of those guys in Stockton are even close to being NHL ready. So it's either going to have to be some sort of wacky trade if Markstrom gets hurt. So hopefully he doesn't. And I would rather see him stay in the net and not checking people and playing the puck and doing weird, goofy things outside of the crease. So, all right, let's skip over to the Pacific division. We've slowly kind of touched on California and how pathetic California hockey is right now. Um, Did anybody watch the Kraken and Golden Knights on their opening night. Um, if you did, Seattle's going to be a pretty tough out this season. I think Seattle looks like a pretty good hockey team. I mean, their their power play was eh, they struggled a little bit with Vegas's penalty kill. I mean, penalty power play, but Vegas is just Vegas looks really good. Um, being back in the Pacific may be a little bit easier, but I don't think it's going to be the easiest out, is it, Maddie? Um, maybe not. I know I don't really and- trust Seattle as much as maybe some of the consensus is like just I don't trust a Dave Hackstall team is what it comes down to like Fair enough. he was pretty bad in Philly and I don't think he's gotten much better um we saw some of the heat maps from that game they love offense from the perimeter and that makes them <laughs> a little bit easier to play against so okay. I uh not not super high on Seattle um I think they can stay in the mix sure but don't love it. Yeah, no, not expecting them to have a Vegas type season for sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of a, a one time thing, it would seem like. But they, I think they could provide some teams some trouble as opposed to some of the other teams in the division. Um, Gordy, Edmonton um, likes to score, doesn't like to play defense. Or maybe it's not so much they don't like to play defense, they just don't have anybody that can play defense. Um, what are your thoughts on the rest of the Pacific and Edmonton in, uh, in particular? Yeah, I, I watched a couple of the Pacific divisions last night. I watched that Vancouver Edmonton game, and I think me and Mike were checking in on the Ducks game periodically. But yeah, I'm truly shocked that Edmonton is now in year, what, seven or eight of McDavid, and they're rolling in with Mike Smith as their goalie still. And like, I don't know if you guys saw the goalie gave up with two and a half minutes left, but that's a Mike Smith goal, and they head to overtime on that. So. I truly, truly will never trust Oilers without, or with that current defense, sorry, with that goaltending. But, the, you know, the Flames just can't stop McDavid scoring. They barely can stop Dreisaitl scoring. So, like I said, after the 0-1 start to the season, we'll see how they do. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good division. I think, Patty, though, I don't think Seattle is going to be anywhere near Vegas. I think they're going to kind of remind us what, expansion teams are like I, I don't think they'll be able to score as many goals as they need to I think Grubauer was very sheltered behind Colorado so the Flames have an opportunity and easily the weakest division but you know giving up 10 goals to McDavid every game and stuff is like they're going to play the Oilers five times they have to find ways to to keep teams best players from scoring well, it's better than playing them 10 times, I suppose, right? Because uh, we roll back into the Pacific going from what was the North Division where Calgary had to play Montreal, uh, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg. It was kind of that was a that was a tough spot for teams like Calgary and Vancouver last year. Uh, where do you see outside? Of, I think we can all agree that probably Vegas, Edmonton are the top two. 
in the Pacific. That makes sense. There, then everybody else kind of falls in line from there. Where else? Where do you see the rest of that division going? Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a mess, but I would probably put San Jose like pretty comfortably in the bottom. Like, especially I know there's the whole Vanderkane off ice thing, but just not having him on the ice this year, I think, is going to be a big hit for them. He was probably their best skater last year, but then. Once you get beyond them, like I could see the Ducks being a team that probably sticks around into the conversation. Like when you have a bunch of young players, you never really know what can happen until you see them actually play. And last night they looked very good against the Jets. And with I think it's they lead the league in guys under the age of twenty two in their lineup. And when you have John Gibson in that, who's arguably one of the best goalies in the league, if not like I'd say top five on a just who's been on a bad team now for a few years. I think they're going to be in a lot more games than they should be. Um, the Kings are a weird team in that like, they added some decent pieces. Like I like Arvidsson on the Kings, but they're kind of still young, and you still don't really know what they have. They just lost Byfield for six weeks or so. So I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be better than they were last year, but I still think they're not quite in that conversation. And then Vancouver, you never know, because they've got the high-end skill, and they've made some moves. Like I really like Garland there, but... I still think Calgary should be comfortable in that number three spot, but I would put Vancouver as the next closest to challenging and then some mix of Anaheim and Seattle, then LA and San Jose at the bottom, probably. That sounds about right. I think that's how that division shakes out. It's also weird now to say like the Kings are a young team because I feel like for years, the Kings were like where everybody who was about to retire, about to be, you know, old yellered behind the shed. <laughs> ended up playing for the Kings. So, all right, cool. Nice Pacific division uh, wrap up there for the start of the season. We gave you our thoughts on what we think the flames are going to be like in 2021. And we reviewed the horrendous off season. So we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. And when we come back, we're going to look at Johnny Gaudreau and his potential upcoming contract. Michael, brought up something pretty neat on twitter last night that we're going to talk about three on three ot in the shootout and we have one single lonely sad reader question which is actually a pretty good question so we'll take that when we come back on the tinderbox i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy this afternoon. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, up for a, what's probably going to be a significant payday. Uh, I don't think it really matters one way or another what this season. If he stays the course, he's going to make some money. Uh, he's making under seven right now uh, on his the contract he signed what, four or five years ago when everybody was signed and the Flames were making the run and they were going to be amazing. Uh, that contract is up. Uh, there are options. He could be traded um, if he's playing really well. He said he's not going to discuss his contract during the season. He wants no part of that. Um, Brady Kachuk just signed today for a little over 8.2 per season. 
on a five-year deal, and Nick Suzuki signed a deal that's getting him a little under eight um, mid-sevens. Um, Michael, if Goudreau's going to re-sign in Calgary, with those two contracts in mind, I know they're all the three very different players, but um, Goudreau has history behind him and much better numbers even in his first three seasons than those three players do. Um, what What do you think for Goudreau? I mean, I think you have to kind of start at at least eight with Goudreau if you're unless you're looking maybe like eight years, which at that point you're almost going past his prime. But at this point, it's going to have to be some sort of colossal number. It's probably been pushing nine at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a lot will come down to how he does this season. Like he looked quite good in camp, especially in a line with Lindholm and Kachuk. Like if they're yeah. together, all three of them are just going to have ridiculous seasons. And as much as I want to pay Gaudreau that much, like it feels like even no matter what number you come with, if he's leaving, he's leaving. So yeah. I think at this point you just throw out him what you can, but then when you also consider they have Kachuk and Manjapani this offseason to deal with too, like you might have to just write off that you're going to lose one of the three, and it looks like unfortunately Goudreau would probably be the odd one out just because he's a UFA. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm saying at least like eight and a half to nine is probably where they'll have to even start to really have a conversation with him. Yeah. Which means if the Flames are starting at eight and a half, nine to even begin the conversation, his camp's probably thinking north of nine, five, closer to 10, I would guess. Uh, Gordy, what are your thoughts? Well, I think for me, the the John Tavares saga really kind of changed how I view what players or longtime stars say about re-signing in their own towns. And it just truly means nothing. Like you can't gauge their emotions and what they say as to what their intentions are. So, you know, when you see Pedro on Twitter, you see, you hear him in interviews and stuff, everything that I see, like he truly seems like he wants to be back in Calgary money aside, you know, because since he's been 21 years old, always, all we've heard is he's eventually going to go back to New Jersey or Philly, but he truly seems to enjoy being here in Calgary. So it's tough to determine if this will come down to, uh, you know, go to the highest paycheck or if it's he's kind of laid down roots in Calgary. But yeah, like Michael said, like this is a contract year. Historically, players play really well on those. And if he's a 99-point player again, you know, pretty much zero chance you can afford him if Kachuk and Manjapani and these other younger guys are your priority for the future. My personal opinion, of course, is I would love to have Johnny Gaudreau back. I think he's a phenomenal player. You don't find playmakers like that in the fourth round, let alone the first round. So I would like to keep them, but I would prefer to have Kachuk if, you know, if it came down to that kind of thing. Maddie, how much would you like the Flyers to give Johnny Gaudreau next year? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did want to ask, have we heard any rumblings yet of if the, the cap's going to stay flat again for next season? Are they going to get like any more money to play with or? Still pretty I stuck. haven't seen anything. Have you guys? I haven't seen. It's like at most a million. It's nothing significant yeah. mm-hmm. for the next couple yeah. of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. they got three hundred thousand left over to play with right now, so that's good. You know? Perfect. <laughs> Put that what aside. What more could you bag. want? Exactly right. Well, that's that's almost that's a little under a third of or a little a third of a you know eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollar play, which they love so much. So they're working their way back. Uh, Maddie, your thoughts on a Goudreau contract? Do you think he's in Calgary or is somebody else going to offer him just too much money somewhere else? I don't know. I think there's going to be definitely some huge practical concerns with just their cap space. Um, And it's, I don't know. 
I would love to see him stay, but I, I think he's going to get some pretty significant offers if he, you know, is willing to entertain hitting the open market. So I feel pretty bummed about it. I'm like, it's really sinking in at this point, but <laughs> yeah. It's like 82 games ish to see how it goes, you know, and enjoy the ride while we have it, I suppose. Um, Michael, you uh, took to Twitter yesterday on the account and we're talking about three on three OT and the shootout. Um, I have voiced my opinion a million times, million times. I hate the shootout. I think it's stupid. It's like ending a baseball game after extra innings in a home run derby or a basketball game is tied after overtime and you go to a three point contest or a dunk contest. I think it's stupid. I get this penalty kicks in soccer, but that's a whole different sport. Um, I would rather see them just keep playing three on three overtime. You know, extend it, make it a longer time period. You've got enough, you know, got enough guys where you can mix and match to get three guys on the ice that are semi-competent, I, I would hope. Um, Michael, you brought up a good point about potentially like an over and back, like a backcourt type thing. Um, you know, if the puck, you can't bring the puck back out and just slowly kill time to get to the shootout. Um, I want to start with everybody else because you brought that up. Uh, Maddie, what are your thoughts on, would you like to see the shootout eliminated or is that something you kind of think is fun and neat and part of the game? I don't know. I uh, usually think that the shootout is fine, and then I'll get to a game where it runs like nine rounds, and I'm about to launch myself off the balcony or something if this doesn't just end. So, uh, more three-on-three, perhaps. Gordy, are you tired of, like, the Flames not trotting out, like, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, and bringing out, like, Richie and Branson and Zadorov to run the shootout? Like, uh, what do you think of it? I, I, can you guys believe there's people that don't like three on three overtime? Like, I get not liking the shootout, but the fact that people don't like the three on three, it will just truly always blow my mind. Like, you, like, then the shootout alone, like, you gotta, like, the game has to end at some point, and the possibility that you could just play 35 three on three overtimes, it just, you could just never risk that. Where you get, who is, who is the caps of, or a, you know, half defense when it came in and went between the legs on the shootout. Like you yeah. get those moments. I don't mind it. It's it's kind of you know it exists in soccer. It's it's not it's not like it's a unique thing to hockey. It's the game has to end. That's how I view it. And they I think they've done a good job of waiting it in recent years where your regulation wins count the most, then your overtime wins, then your shootout wins. I think they've tiered it good enough. But personally, I don't mind it. I think you get some cool goals and stuff in it. Maybe I'm just the old guy here because, like, I also hate the fact that if you make it to overtime, you get a point. Like, you know, you didn't win the game. You get nothing. Like, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Mom didn't bring orange slices to the game Tuesday night. You know, it's just not happening. I hate that. That drives me insane. Michael, let's talk. Um, You brought it up. Uh, You brought it up on Twitter. Um, Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. So the big thing, because I, I just finished watching the Oilers-Canucks game and, like, the overtime have been pretty good. But you kind of got the sense like some people were, some other people brought up that like over and back rule, but like those possessions where they start in the zone and they carry it back out to try and like get a quick change and tire out the other guys. Like I find the only reason they really are doing that is because they know if they don't score, like, Oh, well, we'll go to a shootout. We'll have our chance then. So that's why I kind of brought up the idea that a lot of people say like, Oh, we need to extend three on three, but that probably isn't totally realistic with uh, the TV networks wanting to kind of have a set time. They know they'll be able to game by. So if, so I just wanted to look at the idea, like, yeah, sure, let's extend the overtime, but if you don't score, it's a tie. And I know, like, people hate shootouts, but people also really hate ties. So I kind of just wanted to see where people would fall on that 
spectrum yeah. because like i think you see a lot less of those like players skating back to their own zone during overtime if they know if they don't score in the next 10 minutes they both lose a point yeah so just... that that's kind of where it ended up and i thought it was interesting that i think last time i checked it was about two-thirds would be fine with like a 10 minute overtime and a tie versus staying with five minutes in a shootout so i thought that was interesting to see yeah, and I think you'd see more explosive hockey, too, if you knew that you weren't going to have a chance to line up guys in a shootout. Um, and I just find the shootout the most anticlimactic thing on the It's just like, you know, you're, it's one-on-one. It's, you know, the advantages to the offense sometimes. I just, unless you're, uh, was it Edmonton last night where they shoot the puck like seven feet over the crossbar last night, <laughs> like up into the glass on their, their one attempt. It was just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the shootout. I hate it. I think three-on-three. Overtime is extremely exciting. I think three on three overtime on the Olympic size rink would be the coolest thing ever. It would just be so fast, so much space. Overtime would be over in about 35 seconds. But um, no, nice job with that on Twitter last night. That was cool to see some of the interaction. So uh I hate shootouts. I'm all for three on three overtime, and I say keep it all the time. Playoffs, everything three on three overtime. Make it fun and exciting. Put the six best guys on the ice in the goalie. Um, we have one reader question today. Angela Murphy on Facebook writes, why is our team expecting different results each season when every offseason they leave all the major components of the team alone, except for Geo, even though the majority of them are underperforming? And there's a lot to take in on that one. Um, basically, why do the Flames suck every year and think they're going to get better doing the same thing? Anybody got an opinion on that one? You want to give Angelo the answer he's probably not looking for? Michael? Sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll 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 bite the bullet on this one. <laughs> I I just think it's um, it's one of those things where every year some of these guys they all show like the same glimpses of how good they can be. So that's why the Flames keep thinking they can roll it back, and eventually everyone's going to kind of mesh at the same time. But I don't. It's extremely frustrating. I can see why they believe in who they have. Like they've all shown. Mm-hmm. seasons where these guys can be like star players in the NHL. I'm talking mostly about like Gaudreau, Monaghan, Kachuk even. Like when you see Monaghan a couple of years ago had like 82 points, 30 goals easily every year, like you kind of expect him to get back to that. So it's hard to really move on from that when you know what you've had before. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't hate running it back one last time, trying it again. Like I think a lot of guys last year had bad seasons that even if they come back to like an average season, I think the flames will be a lot better. And then with a few more steps forward from guys like Hannafin and Anderson yeah, and even like Dubé, Manjapani, like if those guys can kind of take another step, like I don't think it's a huge stretch for this team to be a lot better than they were last year. I think we kind of lost a lot of where we stand on the flames just from that one bad season where everything was a l- quite a bit different than normal. I think part of it too is I think fans also forget like this isn't PlayStation Xbox hockey. Uh, you know, there are guys that don't want to come and play in Calgary. So you can't move certain guys to certain guys because some guys have no trade. They have no movement clauses. We're like, I'm, I'm not going to play in Calgary. Like I can stay here and have, I think it comes down to sponsorship opportunities, money. You know, there are places people don't want to go and play plain and simple. I'm not saying Calgary is a place nobody wants to go. Um, but, you know, I think, a lot of times that influences what your team can and can't do as well. There's also money. There's also salary cap. There's also coaches have to have a say in it. So it's not like, you know, the flames can just be like, okay, these guys are really good, but let's, let's keep Gaudreau, Monaghan, Kachuk, Geo, Tanev, Hannafin, and then we'll add Eichel and then we'll add player X, player X. You don't have unlimited resources and unlimited slots. So it's hard to do it. It just seems like there are times where it's like the flames are probably ready to blow it up. And then like you said, they're like, ah, we'll give it one more try. 
Um, and, you know, the one more try, a lot of the guys that were supposed to be part of that five or six year plan are now coming to the end. So it's, it'll be interesting to see, but, um, you know, we appreciate the question, Michael, thanks for fighting the bullet and taking the answer on that one. But I think it's, there's a lot that goes involved into, you know, why are the flames doing just what they're doing? Because there's reasons they can't do certain things. So, um, anybody else have anything they want to add before we, uh, we wrap up the, the maiden voyage of the tinderbox for the 2021, 22 season. Maddie, go. Sorry, I'll just add something quickly to that point. It's like don't get it wrong. Like from all from all indications, the Flames did absolutely everything they could to get Jack Eichel this summer. There's so much going on behind the doors with this neck surgery, and you know you could trade for this guy. Is you know he can have the surgery and never walk again or something. So you know from all from all indications, the Flames did everything they could to acquire a franchise centerman this offseason. No other team was able to make that trade either. And, you know, they did, I think, what they could. But, yeah, I just Eichel was obviously a way to improve this offseason. And I think, you know, Brad could see that and he did what he could to try and get him. Yeah, I think a lot of teams were like that, too. I was listening to uh, 960 the other day and they had um, a Vegas guy who covers the, the Golden Knights. And they were like, you know, Vegas was close, right? And he was like, no, not even close. Vegas was like as far away as you could possibly get from getting Eichel because they were saying like the, the price was too high. And I agree a price like that on a player where you don't know what's going to happen with him. Like again, like you just said, Gordy, he could have surgery and he could never walk again, or he could have surgery and be a, a 110 point player for the next five years. You ne- you just don't know. And that's a huge, huge gamble to take, especially if you have to deal one of your better players and some prospects and take on a contract. So yeah, I get that. The Eichel thing was, it's, it all that just seems like such a flames thing to happen. Like, you know, a star player is right there. You know, he can be dealt for and traded for, but there's a whole pile of issues with that star player that just, it doesn't work out. So no, I get that. That makes sense. Uh, Maddie, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Just glad to be back. <laughs> Michael, anything you want to, you want to throw in here before you and I immediately go right into the flames basement and get sad for another 82 games. I don't know. I just want the season to start. This these this eight day gap is just nonsense. Yeah. Like it's it's been so ridiculous. And seeing the team start on Tuesday, I think I think a couple of teams will have three games done by the time the Flames even start. Like yeah. this is just stupid. I know it's almost torture to watch them lose their first game of the season for usual. Yeah, you just know they're the not going to win wait. either. So you, you know it's like two weeks until they're going to win their first game because of that wait. So it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, can we just can we just mark that? Can they mark that one off as a loss? Give Edmonton the win. Just make a score. I don't care. Two nothing, three two, whatever, and just move on with life. <laughs> and just to claim start zero and one, so nobody has to be depressed. <laughs> and it has to be Edmonton too, right? They have to open up the season against McDavid, right? By the way, did anybody see the play McDavid made last night? Uh, the captain crybaby comes uh, over the blue line, throws an elbow up into a Canucks player's face, skates around him, and then pushes him into his own goaltender. Is that a dangerous yeah. play? Is that something the league should look at, Gordy? His, uh, his head's gotten a little, a little too big. Calling out somebody is, you know, in uh, in effect or non-confrontational as Chris Dana. That I mean, it's an accidental trip into the goalie, and he's calling him out on national news. Like I don't know. Well, I McDavid also. McDavid also started his rush to the net at a thousand miles an hour, like below the face off dot. Like, what does he think is going to happen coming in that hard, right? And then last night in the game, he drive the course. Yeah, right. And then last night he comes over, throws an elbow in a guy's face, and then takes him and pushes him into his own goaltender. But, you know, I guess the league doesn't need to look at that. All right. So there's our slag on Connor McDavid for the day. We should do one every podcast. Just one thing point out something dumb McDavid did that he complains about. 
You can fill up a whole podcast. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, please look for us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just search up The Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline. You can also find us when you search for Calgary Flames Podcast. The Flames open up this season on Saturday night. 10 p.m. I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Mountain times, 10 p.m. My time. Eesh, mighty, we got a late night on Saturday. Uh, Flames and Oilers open the season. Uh, Calgary hoping to snap their horrific, horrendous, long-running opening night losing streak on Saturday. Probably not going to happen. We'll just add another game to the fire. So if you like this, you can also find us on the web at www.matchsticksandgasoline.com. A-N-D is spelled out. You can find us on Twitter at matchstickscgy is our Twitter account. And you can find us on the Instagram. I'm looking it up right now. Matchstick CGY as well on Instagram. We just let you know what's going on with us here. Maddie, Michael, Gordy, thanks for coming on. We uh, It's good to have a podcast back and moving. And we have hockey coming up um, in a couple weeks. I think the flames open up. So that'll be good. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for joining us. And we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox. Tinderbox.